So honored and thrilled to be able to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on the radio play-by-play voice of the Atlanta Braves, Ben Ingram, who's here with us on the program. Ben, the time is greatly appreciated. How are things? Everything is going well, man. Starting up a a good road trip and uh, excited to see where we are at the end of this trip. Oakland Athletics Baseball. What can you tell us about your history there broadcasting from the ballpark and uh, and just your time over the years visiting the, the state of California? A lot of NL matchups over the years, but not too frequently that the Braves get to go out there to Oakland. No, not at all. We've not been out here since 2014. In fact, wow. uh, I take that back. 2020, I'm sorry, I take that That's Seattle. 2017 was the last time we were here. Okay. So it's still been five years since we were here. Uh, we did get to see the A's earlier in the season at Atlanta for two games, and the Braves swept that series and had no problems there. But uh, as far as my work in this ballpark, this will be just the second time I've ever worked at this ballpark. And really the only thing I remember, two things really stick out. We were here in 2017, and Mike fulton of all people, took a no-hitter into the ninth inning of that game. It was broken up on a home run wow. by Matt Olson in the ninth inning, oh, believe wow. it or not. So. Uh, that that that's uh that's something that sticks out. I was calling the game with Don Sutton, and I remember turning it over to Don. I think in the for the eighth and ninth innings, and was just really really hoping that Don would get the call a no hitter, and unfortunately it didn't happen. But we had a good time. And Ben, I'll tell you what you say. It's been a few years, and obviously this whole road trip, because as you said, Seattle's been a while as well. But with the new balance schedule incoming. These trips are going to be much more frequent, so maybe I know all the drama surrounding Oakland right now around trying to get a new ballpark if the A's might end up moving and that sort of thing, but I guess these trips, will they become less special because they're going to be more often, or are you still going to be just very appreciative to get to go to all the different ballparks within a short amount of time? Yeah, I think that's probably the focus more than anything. and um, I'm still missing... I don't know, three or four ballparks to complete my entire list of every ballpark. So the good news about that is, and we we're having a conversation about this the other night, we're on the way up here, is how quickly now we'll be able to check off some of the other uh, ballparks that you might be missing. Uh, I think between, I know that the 2023 schedule has come out. So at the conclusion of next year, I think we'll be lacking just two ballparks and you feel like you'll get those pretty quickly. So that's pretty cool. I mean, you want to be able to broadcast at every single ballpark and, and check them all off the list. And, and once you do that, I think it's still fun. I, I mean, the travel, I've said this before, I, I know for a lot of people, travel is a tough part of this, uh, of this job. It's one of my favorite things. It's probably one of my top two or three favorite things about the job is the travel and getting to go to different cities and different ballparks and uh, seeing what it's like in those cities. So uh, the cool thing about when we come here is we stay in San Francisco even though we're playing Oakland. Um, so we, the only time we even go to Oakland is for the actual work uh, part of the trip and then we come back to san francisco and san francisco is a cool town to spend a few days in so it, it is kind of weird how this trip works out as we're here for uh this series we go to seattle for the weekend and then we come right back here to play the giants next week so we'll be in the same hotel twice in one trip so that is a little bit unique Oh yeah, absolutely. And when you look at this road trip, uh, you have a team that has played really poor baseball in Oakland. However, uh, you do have kind of the storyline of uh, Shea Langoliers having been uh, with the team for a little while, getting the first chance to see him play. But I'm really focused, been on that Seattle series because typically the last several years, Seattle would have been probably in the same ballpark that uh, Oakland is in, just in terms of series you really. I uh, want to win and maybe even have visions of, of sweeping. But Seattle is having one of its best seasons in a long time, trying to make the playoffs. So uh, 
I guess the question is, you know, what do we see in that series out of Seattle as far as ballpark atmosphere? And, and uh, is that probably maybe, low-key, the, the toughest series the Braves will play between now and that final series with the Mets? It, it could be. I, I think there are a lot of unknowns when it comes to seeing a team like Seattle. I'm excited for exactly what you mentioned, what the environment will be like. The, Mar- the, uh, the, the Mariners, I should say, have the longest postseason drought of any team in the big leagues. They've not been to the postseason in 21 years. That 116-team win team that they had in, in, uh, 20, in 2001, last time they made it to the postseason. So th- that fan base is starving for postseason baseball, and it looks like they may get in. They, they've won seven of their last eight. Now they lost yesterday. Uh, but that's a good ball club, and they're trying to get to 20 games over five hundred. Uh, they're closing in on that. So I, I like playing a team like that in September. I know that when it comes to this time of year, and I've seen people on Twitter do this, they'll compare the Braves schedule and the Mets schedule the rest of the way and say, well, look who has the easier schedule the rest of the way. You, you, you don't want to have the toughest part of your schedule in September. I, I, don't get me wrong. But I like peppering in some good teams along the way in September. I, I don't like the teams that wrap up their division and they just coast in, and the first time they say play ball in the postseason is the first meaningful game they've played in several weeks. I like playing some very meaningful games against good teams in September uh, to kind of keep that engine going. That way, when you transition into the postseason, uh, you're used to playing those games, and you're used to having that, that engine going that you need uh, for postseason games. So I, I like the, the idea of facing a team like Seattle this time of season. Uh, I think it'll be very exciting for both teams and, and a chance for both teams to really stack themselves up against a team that's had a good season from afar. It's Ben Ingram, the radio play-by-play voice of the Atlanta Braves, joining us here on Sports Call. It's a five-game winning streak for the Atlanta Braves and one game behind the New York Mets. And as we've said, now they go on the road. What is the way, what is the key to carrying momentum, Ben, that we've seen from this club now playing away from Truist Park? How do you do that? Sure. Well, it's the most boring answer, but it's the most true answer. It's pitching. I mean, what this team has done on the mound, especially for about the last five weeks, has been very impressive. They've got a, a very impressive team ERA. I believe it's sub, or at least the starters ERA is sub three for the last, I, I want to say, month, maybe a little bit more than a month. Uh, these guys are going five innings or more just about every single night. And I think that's the, the key to the engine. Uh, if you want a better bullpen, you need better starters. If you want to have better results, you need better starters. You don't have to score as many runs. If those guys are clicking every single night, and you've heard the cliche, but it's so true, momentum is as strong as the next day's starting pitcher in baseball. Uh, and, and that is so true for this game. If you're pitching and you're routinely getting good outings from your starters, you're going to be playing some really good baseball. Um, and, and I think that's what the Braves have done. I think the guy that we'll see tonight has been as big a part of that as anybody, and Kyle Wright. Uh, he leads the league in wins, leads Major League Baseball in wins. No one saw that coming. Um, so you turn it over to Max and then Spencer Strider with 16 strikeouts and Charlie Morton's been really good. And uh, I, I really love what this team has done in their rotation. And to me, if you want to finish this thing off, if you want to catch the Mets, you, you have to continue to turn in really good outing after really good outing from your starters and the rest will take care of itself. Ben wanted to ask you about uh, Azuna from the Braves, who 
uh, was in the lineup this past weekend, uh, played pretty well, had some hits. At this point, with Robbie Grossman starting to struggle and with Eddie Rosario still just not ever coming around uh, this year after after the eye issues early, uh, does he still have a role with this team, I, I guess? Because I, I know that they're still rehabbing guys. There's still going to be roster decisions. But uh, obviously, he is starting to hit where the other guys have not. So what do you envision uh, the Azuna situation here going forward? I think it's going to be very similar to what you've seen the last few days. And, and I'll, I'll use the quote that Snip gave us. He said, he's on our team. He's on our roster, so we're going to use him accordingly. Um, you know, Major League Baseball does not have a, uh, a strict set of rules, I guess, for the situation that he's in, as disappointing as it has been with two arrests in the last year and a half. Um, I, I think so long as he is on this roster and he is still under contract, they're going to use him. Um, I know for the longest time they didn't. He played that one game post-DUI, and that was all we saw of him for about a week and a half to two weeks. But like you mentioned, Robbie Grossman has had his, his share of struggles. Ronald Acuna's knee has been barking. They've tried to de-hate him more than, than play him in the outfield. Um, I don't think long-term playing Marcelo Zuna in left field is, is the best idea because defensively he's a liability. Um, I, I think you need great defense in your outfield, and if you ask the starting pitchers, I think they'd say the same thing. Give me the good defense behind me, and we got plenty of other guys who can swing the stick. You want to use Marcelo as a DH? Fine. Uh, but I feel like the more that he plays in left field, the more you have to use him defensively, the more of a liability that is. So in the time being, it, they'll use him accordingly so long as he's on the roster. Um, but if you get some other guys healthier, if Eddie starts hitting a little bit more, if Robbie starts hitting a little bit more, if you can put Acuna in right field a little bit more, then to me, Marcelo Zuna is the odd man out in that, in that combo. Well, we talk about the Braves as they go into this final month of the season, Ben, and, and it was this past week that we had your colleague Kevin McAlpin on the program with us, and he was giving us a little note that uh, recently, before games get going in workouts and that sort of thing, we're even seeing Von Grissom get some work with Eric Young out there in the outfield. Just the versatility that this Braves lineup has, it's probably going to be a, a big uh, factor as they go into this final month of the year because there are so many different lineup combinations. When you think about an Aussie Albee returning to your lineup and other guys that are missing time right now. Yeah, I think you want guys who can go play multiple positions. And Vaughn has told me, I was visiting with him uh, a week or so ago, and he said, just tell me where you want me to play. I'll go play anywhere. <laughs> Left field, That's second awesome. base, shortstop, third base. He doesn't care. Um, he told me that when he was coming up in travel ball and going even back to his teenage days, he was primarily a shortstop, but he would ask coaches to play him in different positions late in games just so he could give it a shot, just so he could give it a feel. He told me he did that again when they uh, during the COVID season uh, when, when we had the, the alternate site. He would go play other positions there as much as they would let him just to make himself uh, more versatile and more of an option to go play other places. And that makes you valuable for a major league roster. So once you bring Ozzy back and he's ready to go, that doesn't mean that Vaughn's out. That means you can do other things with Vaughn. Um, and I think you'd say the same thing about some of the other players. You'd say that about William Contreras. We've seen him play some left field. And you, you hate taking his bat out of the order, even when he's not catching. You like to DH him. But if Ronald need, uh, if, if his knee needs a day, then you can DH Ronald and you could throw William in left field if you wanted to. It won't be any worse than what you'd get out of Marcelo Zuna because that's just not his strength. So you've got some options there, and you've got some willing ball players who have no problem with doing that if it means the betterment of the ball club. 
Ben Ingram here with us. Braves getting set to open up an eight-game road trip, and you can listen to the action a little bit later here tonight on the uh, East Coast. And, of course, you're in Auburn in the Central Time Zone, staying up a little bit late. Ben, if you will, kind of give us a, a rundown of the broadcast these next few days and what people can expect that are on the Braves Radio Network. Sure, it'll be Joe and me for this whole road trip. Um, I know when we get home, I think I'm doing a series with Peter Moylan and then doing a series with Jim Powell. Um, but for this road trip, it'll be Joe and me. And this, these two games in Oakland tonight, or uh, tonight and tomorrow, um, you're going to see a team in Oakland that is about as bad as they come offensively. They are last or second to last in just about every single offensive category. They can pitch a little bit. Uh, Cole Irvin goes for them tonight. He's a lefty. He's not bad. And they'll have a guy uh, tomorrow night making his second major league appearance. Um, just recently made his big league appearance, Ken Waldachuk. He's a guy that got the deal for uh, Frankie Montas and others with the Yankees about a month or so ago. So you've, it's an Oakland team that can pitch a little bit, but this, this Braves team should have no problem with Oakland. I'd imagine you send out Strider tomorrow and you send out Wright tonight. And then you have an off day on Thursday, gear up to take on a good Mariner ball club, and then come back to see the Giants, who have uh, really been struggling. I mean, that's a team that's severely underachieved. They've been hovering between third and fourth place in the National League West. Um, but it's never easy to come out here and win. There's just something about playing out West and in that West time zone. So we'll see if this team can adapt to that. I'd imagine that they would, and I'm expecting a good road trip and maybe even come back home in first place. We'll be listening to all the action on the Braves Radio Network. Ben, thanks for the time. Can't wait to catch up again soon. You got it, fellas. Thank you.